and salutations, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Mike's Always Right. I'm your host, Mike Iman. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to write your first novel, or better yet, how not to write your first novel. This is something I have a little bit of experience in, and I have a lot of thoughts on it, so don't touch that dial. Stay tuned, sit back, relax, and just enjoy the show. For the past six months or so, I have been on a journey uh, of sorts to write my first novel. And I knew it was going to be hard. Nobody says that it's going to be easy. Well, some people say it's easy, but we'll get to that. Um, but I think the really difficult part has been sorting through all the different tactics that Different writers say, oh, you should do this, you shouldn't do that, and trying to figure out, well, what is the correct way? Um, I'm a big f fan of Ray Bradbury, who wrote books like Fahrenheit 451, The Martian Chronicles, The Illustrated Man. Brilliant writer. And if you listen or watch uh, old uh, lectures that he gave, what he always recommended to young and upcoming writers was write a heck of a lot of short stories. The problem with novels is you could spend a whole year writing one and it might not turn out well because you haven't learned to write yet. But the best hygiene for, for beginning writers or intermediate writers is to write a hell of a lot of short stories. If you could write one short story a week, doesn't matter what the quality is to start, but at least you're practicing and at the end of a year, you have 52 short stories, and I defy you to write 52 bad ones, huh? So I tried this. This was actually one of the first tactics that I tried when I decided that I really wanted to give this fiction writing uh, a, you know, honest try here. So I actually, probably about six or eight months ago, I was writing a short story, one a day, which is... A lot of work but it it kind of it got me in the habit of of writing but what ended up happening was they were just all dreadful I might have a good idea but there was no story to it there was no character there's nothing that like made it special in any way anybody could have written these terrible short stories but then you get to thinking well why did Ray Bradbury advocate for short stories well when he was coming up, there were pulp magazines. There were things like Astounding Science Fiction, or even something like Galaxy Science Fiction, which I happen to have a copy of. And that was how, if you were a writer at that time, you were going to get paid for your work. They paid anywhere from like half a cent to a penny, two cents a word, because they needed content for their, their magazines. So writers that I admire, like Ray Bradbury or Isaac Asimov, they cut their teeth writing short stories because that's where the money was back in the 1930s, 40s, and even into the, the 50s. But then around the 1950s, after the war and paper was more plentiful, and I would have to do some research, but you know, things like that you started to see this shift from short stories and kind of digest-style magazines and moving more toward novels, standalone novels. And so Ray Bradbury 
learned learned his craft from short stories. But if he was coming up today, I guarantee you, he would be writing books and self-publishing them on Amazon. Because that's where the money is right now if you're an up-and-coming writer. Granted, it's a lot easier to write 5,000 or 10,000 words for a short story than it is to write 50,000 or 100,000 words of a novel. But I, I think just taking his advice at face value uh, is kind of a disservice. And then you hear other famous authors basically recommend something completely opposite, where like Stephen King, if you've read his book on writing, which I highly recommend, it gives you a good insight into his process. He recommends just sitting down every day, having a set word count. I think he recommends about 2,000 to 2,500 words. So like writing about 10 pages of manuscript per day and just kind of it's it's like an archaeological dig where you're just you're pulling new information out every day and you're building your story. Well, that works really well if you already have a very deep internal sense of what makes a great story. And obviously, Stephen King has that. There's no doubt about it. But um, I've tried that. I'm sure you've tried that. Oh, I'm just going to sit down and start writing, and I'm not, and I'm not going to give up until I have myself a novel. Gosh darn it! And then you, my experience, and maybe you've had the same problem. You get. 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 words in. I actually recently got 20,000 words into a project before I realized, no, this isn't going to happen. There's no story here. There's nothing. It's just all the characters are the same person with a different name. They're just names on a page with dialogue attached to them. The action is just happening because I need a plot for my story. Clearly, something here is not working. So then let's move on to some uh, another famous author you might have heard of. J.K. Rowling. Now, a few years ago, she or some someone tied to her released this uh, a page of one of her outlines, and it's this big like grid thing that explains what's supposed to happen in chap certain chapters of, of one of the Harry Potter books, and it's this very elaborate, detailed, handwritten like spreadsheet type thing where she plotted out everything that was going to happen before she actually wrote it. It's like, okay, well, J.K. Rowling knows what she's talking about, but she's saying that she does the exact opposite of what Stephen King says. And these are both two wildly successful authors. So where is the truth? Where does the truth lie in all of this? And I, I don't know if there's really a correct answer here. So you've got Ray Bradbury saying, all right, write short stories, because if you try to write a novel, you're going to get lost. You're going to get the end of the week. You're not going to know where you are or what you're doing. It's going to be very frustrating and you're going to give up. There's some truth to that. Then you have Stephen King saying, just write every day. Don't use an outline. And eventually you'll end up with this amazing book or you'll have a great story to tell. You'll excavate it, excavate it like dinosaur bones. I think that's the metaphor he uses in on writing. And then you have J.K. Rowling, who, who says, 
you need to know where you're going before you start. So there's three wildly different approaches. One, be a master of your craft. Two, just keep writing until something good comes out. Three, know where you're going and, and have a, a and have your plot all ready to go at the begin from the from the start. And basically what I can tell you from my experience is that you need to try all of these different methods, but just be aware that they're probably not going to work for you. They haven't worked for me. And the big issue is that I'm not Ray Bradbury. I'm not Stephen King. I'm not J.K. Rowling. I don't have the same life experiences that they had when they started writing novels. So to just try to take their process and duplicate that and think, oh, well, now I can automatically have an amazing novel, it doesn't work that way. The, the truth is that learning how to write a novel or fiction in general is really hard. You're going to get it wrong a lot. You're going to screw up time and time again until you finally start to put the pieces together. So with every false start and failed project that I've had so far, I've learned something. I've learned that characters are not just a group of traits and a name on the page. I've learned that plot is not just a series of exciting events. Because when you approach a story from those perspectives, what you end up with is just this incoherent mess. But what really angers me is the number of people who have not written a novel, or in many cases even attempted to write a novel, who are trying to sell me expensive courses on how to write a novel. Here's the five easy steps to write your best-selling novel. How to write a novel that makes you $100,000. It's all complete BS. It's not easy. It will never be easy. You literally have to be crazy to even attempt to write a novel. You have to even be you have to be even crazier to be someone who says Gosh darn it, I'm going to finish this thing, even if it kills me. The only reason I've stuck with it is because I honestly don't know what else I would do if I wasn't pursuing this. But I've wanted to write a novel since I was a little kid. And I spent so much of my life with authority figures trying to convince me that it wasn't a good idea. That your best bet is to go to school, get a job, work... Keep, keep your head low and do what you're told, and maybe one day you'll retire and you can finally write that book. And you know, some people have done that, and good for them. But I don't want to spend my entire life doing something that I don't enjoy so that I can retire, and when I'm old, then start trying to figure out how to do what I wanted to be doing all along. So does that mean that you, you shouldn't? Pay money for courses and books about the craft of writing. No, absolutely, you should, you, should, you should get whatever tools you think you need to make this work. But just know that they are not going to make it any easier. You're still going to have to put in the work. You're still going to have to put in the time, the hours, the effort. And if anybody tells you otherwise, they are just trying to get your money. A couple of months ago, I had this idea 
about storytelling and kind of comparing it to building a birdhouse that I was trying to think, I wonder if there's just a simple way to tell a story that's as simple as building a birdhouse where you have four walls, a bottom and a roof and a little hole for the bird to, to go inside. Even if the craftsmanship isn't good, even if you're not a master builder, you're not good at gluing popsicle sticks together or whatever materials you're using, you can still end up with a functional birdhouse. And I wondered, can you do that with a story? And more and more I'm coming to the conclusion that no, if it was that simple, everyone would be writing novels. And they would all be readable. They wouldn't be they wouldn't be timeless classics. But they would be good enough. You would be able to say, oh, look, look at this novel I wrote. And I think what we're seeing a lot on Amazon is that because anyone can write and self-publish a novel, that anyone does write and self-publish a novel. So there's a lot of these birdhouse-type stories that are... A lot of these birdhouse-type stories that are out there, but they're not good, and they're not selling. Or they're not good, and they are selling only because the author has spent hundreds or thousands of dollars on Facebook ads and Amazon marketing service ads and so on. I've actually seen plenty of books on Amazon where I'm fairly certain that their marketing spending far outweighs what they could possibly make on the book, which is not an approach that I want to take because that doesn't really help me to gauge whether people are really interested in what I'm writing. If, uh, if I have to pay a whole bunch of money to get people to read it, that's one thing. As long as it's just an initial expense, and then once people are aware of it, it gets some word of mouth going, that's great. But if you're just having to keep spending, keep spending, keep spending, and you're spending $100 to make 10 well, your book probably isn't very good. Another thing I, I, I commonly hear writers talk about is, how much should I spend on having my cover designed? Well, I've heard some people say that you should if you should save all of your money for your cover or ads, and it's like whoa, whoa. So you've never written a book before. You don't have a lot of money to spend. You don't even know if your book is going to sell, but you're gonna spend two hundred, three hundred, five hundred dollars on a cover. That's ridiculous. I've seen plenty of terrible books that have the most beautiful cover you've ever seen. Now, do you think that that really helps their sales? It's garbage from page one until page 250 or 300, however long the thing is, but it's got this beautiful original artwork on the cover. So I'm going to buy that, of course, right? No. No, I'm not, because I I buy what's inside of the book. The The cover is just to get my attention in the first place, but attention is worth nothing if you can't hold somebody's attention. And the same is true for advertising. So you can get people's attention, but can you hold their attention? And that comes down to what's inside of your book. And if that's terrible, then no amount of money is going to make it a bestseller. 
But that's enough of my yak, and I could probably go on about this stuff for hours and hours. And uh, those of you who are already convinced by my argument that you just have to keep working at it and there is no easy solution, you're I'm probably preaching to the choir. And those of you who think, no, there is an easy way and I just haven't found it yet, well, you probably stopped watching this and or listening uh, quite some time ago. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in to Mike's Always Right. Please, uh, if you enjoyed this, please leave a, a comment, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Be sure to check me out on the web at www.mikeiman.com. Check me out on Instagram at Mike Iman. Until next time, thanks so much for tuning in. And remember, Mike's always right. Right.